Hello everyone and welcome to episode 715 of Cold Wave Soundcheck. I'm Aaron Pollock. This season we're chatting with the performers of the Cold Wave 7 Festival in New York City, September 12th through 15th, Chicago, September 20th through 23rd, and Los Angeles, September 26th through 29th. Head to coldwaves.net for the full lineup and ticket links, which include pre-shows, post-shows, and VIP packages. This week we're chatting with Chicago performers Robert Caterwall and Jesse Degian Wage. This is Wirespine.
Hi, I'm Robert Caterwall. Uh, I produce the music and, yeah, control uh, drum machines and synthesizers and everything like that. And I'm Jesse Dignion Wage. I do the vocals and I write uh, the lyrics for the songs and sometimes I sit down with Rob and have some input on the songs. Both of us uh, started a band, uh, like a synth punk band, in 2012 called Snit. And we put out two albums with that band. It was a four-piece, and we did some some tours to uh, in, in America and California and to Texas. And we had a lot of fun with that band, but we had trouble with the reliability of practicing with four people and, you know, having... Uh, drummers we could count on and guitar players that would show up and this and that. We thought the most logical thing to do would be start a project between the two of us and we live together so we can practice whenever we want, basically. And tour whenever and we tour want. And tour whenever we want, yeah. So you guys just released um, your full-length album, Bury Me Here, through Negative Gain. Tell me about working on that album. It looked like you guys maybe self-released it at some point and then and then reworked some of the tracks to release it through Negative Gain? Most of the recordings from that album uh, were recorded in 2015 and, 20, and part of 2016. We released the album on a secret Bandcamp page in order to try and find somebody to put it out for us. When we found Negative Game to put it out, we took that album down and then we, we re-recorded some parts and re-recorded some vocals and added a few new songs and then, yeah, put the album together to, to release in 2018. So I really like how there's a segue track between each of the longer songs. Tell me how those develop and, and what, what the purpose they serve are to, to keep the album flowing. Well, I went to film school and I always have been interested in filmmaking and always liked the idea of the formatting an album like a, a movie. I guess Jesse and I wanted the album to kind of be like a, a visual, you know, visually interesting and, you know, to your, uh, in your, in your mind and to your ears. Yeah, we, we just, we just wanted the album to be, to be, you know, kind of a roller coaster ride through different feelings and, uh, we just wanted it to be, you know, a bit of an adventure, I guess. I know, like, Chem Lab makes the sutures or or the band Failure has their segues, so I feel like it, it makes the album more album-oriented and less sort of single-oriented. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I feel like I don't hear that kind of thing happen very often, and... I, I don't know. I, I think I originally it was also partly to do with when, when we we're, were performing for the first year or two, uh, we were performing with uh, different sequencers and uh, drum machines connected together. And it would take, you know, 30 seconds between each track to kind of s- switch up all the patch patch numbers and all that. And I, w- I would sometimes have like a tape recorder with a bunch of noise and stuff go- uh, going between each track. And that's kind of how it started as well. You know, just by necessity, needing about 30 seconds between each track. And then we, you know, eventually wanted to turn it into kind of a more, uh, you know, more of an album. With Jesse, tell me a little bit about what inspires you lyrically for, for the music. 
it's hard to say. It's just a, a lot of everything, but um, part of my cultural background is um, in, indigenous, and I see a lot of um, stuff going on with uh, indigenous issues and uh, just like my own experiences as well with my family. And just sometimes the songs don't really mean anything at all. Sometimes they mean a lot. Just looking at the track listing, you know, something like feline toxoplasmosis sticks out because it, it makes me think of when my wife was pregnant and that, that, meant, that meant that I had to do the kitty litter every day. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that song, that comes from, we have two cats and they, it's funny because cats just, really grow on you and they kind of take over your life <laughs> and you're not sure if it's because you really like them or if they're like actually infecting you or something <laughs> uh, our cats just came around as soon as we started talking about it <laughs> and uh the other song naomi is also um kind of like a parallel between being a woman and being a cat <laughs> just half cat um naomi is one of our cats so that's how the title of that one came, which is right next to feline toxic plasmosis. It was kind of about uh, teaching a a mother cat, teaching a daughter cat to uh, be self-sufficient. Yeah, to self-defend herself in the wild, I guess. Mina suddenly decided that opening the back door to let the dog out is the perfect opportunity to also get out. So I feel like my cat is, (laughs) is spending as much time out back as my dog is. (laughs) <laughs> uh, our, we have a dog too and uh our the the younger cat grew up with the dog and they're like best friends and funny enough our dog has some cat traits and our cat has some dog traits they're, they're kind of funny how that works yes the cat will go play fetch and the dog just lays there yeah
you guys played Terminus last year, and you guys are going to be playing the the Chicago Cold Wave show this year. It seems like these these festivals seem to be growing in in numbers and popularity every year. Tell me about the vibe of of playing something like Terminus as opposed to you know a, a one off show either locally or or in whatever town you're in. These festivals, I really like them because um, everyone's really excited and passionate about a very specific sound and um even though you know a lot of like the dark wave music varies there hasn't been like a huge outlet for this kind of thing for a long time and it's really exciting to be able to be a part of that and when all these people come together at once to see all of their favorite bands and discover new ones it's really exciting like terminus was really exciting for us because people who knew us or didn't know us were equally as excited to see what was going on. And I think the difference between the one-off shows, just the energy of the, the festivals are, is so much greater. Like any of the festivals we play, we're actually, we're, we're, we're off to go play a festival in Calgary next week. And we're playing another, we have almost a festival every month and we're like, that's, just like the best case scenario for us. The one-off shows can be good, but Vancouver and some some of the other West Coast cities kind of have a problem with uh, people just standing arms crossed and not really getting into the music so, as much. I mean, I don't want to say that for every show, but when you go to a festival, everyone seems to be dancing and, and having a good time. And a lot of the one-off shows, they, I don't know. Sometimes people have their guard up, and or people are aren't really letting loose like they would at at a you know three day music festival, and it, it's it's more exciting for us for sure. I would say personally, you know, when I head to cold waves, I'm you know flying out. I'm away from my family. I have a lot more energy as opposed to you know trying to go out to a show on a Thursday night, trying to get the kids in bed, running out, and just <laughs> barely yeah. being able to make it out. So. Yeah. I think that's how, that has a lot to do with it. Like sometimes, you know, a one-off show, people just walk in off the street, not, or, you know, people just come for one band and they won't be into the other bands. But for a festival, it's just, it seems like everyone's kind of laying their guard down and are just like, they have a good time. Yeah, and they want to they wanna discover new things yeah, too. Yeah, like they're more open to, to everything, I, I feel, which is awesome. So you mentioned you have a different festival coming up for the next few months. What else is on the calendar for you guys for, for the rest of the year? Next week we're playing, or on the next weekend, we're playing a festival called Sled Island in Calgary. And that's kind of like a, like a mini South by Southwest kind of thing where there's you know about a, a dozen venues running shows. And more people are, maybe more, more than a dozen. It's, it's, you know, it's about... Let's say it's about like maybe like a fifth the size of South by Southwest or maybe a third. It's it's pretty cool, and they have big bands. Yeah, they they have a lot. Yeah, a lot of things going on. Small free shows, just yeah. like South, South by Southwest. Yeah, it's kind of Canada South by Southwest in a way. Uh, August, uh, I have another project that's playing a music festival called uh, a smaller music festival in Vancouver called Existential. And, uh, and then September, we're going to be flying to Chicago. So every month, something interesting is on the uh, on the calendar. I know your album just came out, but what about it? any upcoming new music? Uh, Jesse and I just went over uh, 
we we did a, a recording session for to record all the bed tracks for a new album. So we have uh, about six songs on the go towards uh, a second uh, LP release. We're kind of in the stage where Jesse's writing the lyrics now, and I'm thinking of different lead parts. So we're uh, definitely well on the way to the second album for Wire Spine. Yeah, we also have a song written that we performed that isn't on our album. Yeah, we do. We have, we've we added one new song for the uh, for this for the uh, Cold Waves and whatever shows we're playing next. So yeah, we're we're slowly turning out some new material. On this episode, you heard Hellraiser, Suburban Reality, and Naomi. Wirespine can be found at wirespine.bandcamp.com. 
Our opening music is Madmaker by Acumination. Our closing music is Messiah by Splinter Group. Subscribe to the show through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. Join us next week as we chat with Wands Dover from Blixaboy. Our closing segment each week is dedicated to the inspiration for Cold Waves, fallen Chicago musician, and soundman Jamie Duffy. Here's Jamie's mom, Pat Duffy, remembering a young Jamie getting into trouble. When we started out, we lived in a section of apartment complex. They didn't have a very active playground. There were a couple of swings, I think, and maybe a slide. And that was about it. And so there was really nothing for kids to climb on. So Jamie, like all the other kids, wanted to climb stuff, so they kept trying to climb the antenna tower and the trees. And so the maintenance van brings Jamie over, and so he was sentenced to meeting the entire apartment complex. And there were 12 buildings. It's a hot summer's day, and it's in the 90s, and about, I don't know, 2.30, Steve says, we're done. And Jamie was just looked like a little tomato. And so did Steve and I, and, you know, I told Jamie, go wash up. And when, you know, it's cool, you're going to go out later on this evening and finish up. And Steve said, no, we're done. And Jamie's like, ah, and I go upstairs. And Steve, to his credit, he said, don't be, he said, no, he's done. He's really done enough. The punishment fits the crime. Don't break him. He said, you know, I see all these kids out here and how all the parents yell at them all the time and the kids don't listen. He said, you and Jamie, the only ones that, you know, we know you have a good relationship. We never hear you yelling. These walls are paper thin, and we hear nothing but laughter. And that one's, and we hear the, Jamie, and yes, Mom. And then that's it. So years and years go by. Steve is no longer a maintenance man. Steve is now a LaPorte police officer. And Jamie is a dumbass 16-year-old kid. And he and his buddies are out playing stock car driver. So Jamie's on the hood of one of his friend's car, and his friend is, you know, gunning it, slamming on the brakes. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> the, flash of the, light, the flashing lights. Jamie Duffy, is that you on the hood of that car? And Jamie knows Steve's voice. He's like, yes, yes, Officer Steve, it's me. I'm hanging down. You know, and Jamie's, and, you know, you know, I can cite you guys, blah, blah, blah. You know, they give him, the, you know, the, the whole talking to and. Jamie's, you know, sitting there, and he goes, Jamie, I know that you were raised better than this. I know that your mother would not approve of this. Do you want me to tell your mother that? And Jamie's like, hell no, dear God, no, Officer Steve, please, no, I beg you, don't do that. And, of course, you know, Steve started cracking up and let the kids all off with whooping because, you know, Jamie was cute and funny. <laughs>